black and yellow. He oh, looked like no. He, please, please stop. It was fine because he looked like a Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> there were no knobs. It was just smooth, tucked under. Yeah, that's called the Tijuana tuck and roll. <laughs> Welcome back to the Unrestricted. I'm Vex. That's the Bulldog, Richie Carnahan. Welcome back, everybody. And Bob, my man. How we doing, boys? We're doing good. You know, we cut a pod the other day because the sports world had given us nothing. We wound up talking about my Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett, and Def Leppard concert, which the, went yeah. very poorly. And then the news fairy said, well, you're going to drop an episode? Hey, <laughs> let, let me do something for you. Yeah, let me pile on top of that. All of a sudden, you got NBA news, NFL news, and major news out of the world of golf as Tiger and Rory plus PGA Commissioner Jay Moynihan come out here in the last week of the PGA Tour season and drop an absolute cannonball all over the world of golf. And make no mistake, guys, that's what it is. It's, it's an atomic bomb. How's it a cannonball? Well, I think this is really, truly the first offensive step that the PGA Tour has taken against Live Golf. And it starts with players having a minimum contract, essentially. There's a technical word for it, Bob. What's it called again? A short earnings program? It's basically Hmm. a minimum contract, which I think is great. because they're turning golf into communism? No, I don't think so. I don't think so, because it's not like Live Golf, where you get guaranteed big money, like life-changing, like generational money. It's not guaranteed that. But $500,000 a year for the guys who are at the bottom of the uh, tour earnings per season, they're going to make a minimum of half a million bucks. Yeah, and and all your earnings count towards that. So if you earn more than five hundred, you get nothing. Right. But if you earn less, the PGA is going to make up the difference, and it really is only going to affect – about 50 players. That's right. But it's the young players. Mm-hmm. It's guys, usually guys, in their first couple of years who are trying to make it on the tour. Look, I'm, I'm, I've read these stories about players losing money their first year on the PGA Tour. Right. Or they get, they get these sharks that back them. They do. Not unlike the poker guys. Right. <laughs> That's they, right. They, they have send a, them out. They have a bad time. And, and they just start compounding debt. But, Richie, you got to think about it. The, nowadays, it used to be just a player and his caddy were on the road, right? And maybe once in a while, a family member would tag along. Right. But now you've got a nutritionist. You've got a coach. You've got a, a fitness guy. Who's well, that's where you. John Daly saves his money. <laughs> yes, because he has none of that shit. Yeah, he's sponsored by Marlboro, <laughs> Diet Coke. <laughs> Yeah. And wild turkey. So so those guys that are really struggling to make cuts are going to be assured week in, week out of at least $5,000 worth of travel money, which is a huge deal. Is that in addition to the $500? That's part correct. Of the no, deal? it's in addition to. And so that's going to affect a lot of your that's corn huge. fairy guys yeah. who are, you know, that corn fairy is basically the training ground for the PGA Tour. So you're guaranteed to get $5,000 per event in travel money. To get you there and back. Yeah. Get you, get so you into a La Quinta. So you're not spending 10000 out of pocket when you don't make the cut. Right. Okay? So these guys, they get a little bit of help there. And then if the year goes past and your earnings are under half a million dollars, they get bumped up to that floor of half a million bucks. Now, 
that's not a whole lot of money in the professional sports world. I mean, sure, you and I would love to make half a million dollars I'm annually okay working 25 weeks a year. Well, theoretically, it's a, I think it's a great thing. It's a good start. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's more than just the young guys because I'm reading the article on this that I printed out. Brent Snedeker yep. only played 22 events in a season, only had two top 25 finishes. His earnings just, just 352 grand. Yeah, so he would be eligible for this program. Yeah, and that's a guy who's been out there and kicked butt for He's a long time. Right. Yeah, this is a huge step for the PGA Tour. Not just the floor, but they also announce stuff on the top side of that. Because remember, what's important for the PGA Tour is you can't lose your lifeline to young players because otherwise you become irrelevant. But you've also got to take care of your stars, right. don't you? Right. So they announced all sorts of stuff that incentivize the top players to play more rounds for more money against the other top 20 in the world more often. It's a great deal for the players. They have bigger purses. They get to play in fewer events if they want to, if they so choose. And those events are going to be, you know, must see for guys like you and me because they're going to have better fields. What do you think about the uh, evil Knievel jumping the Snake River spectacle that they discussed to bring golf into stadiums? Oh, that's the Tiger Golf League. Yeah. What are you going to do on a simulator? I'm going to. How does that look on TV? I don't know. I don't think any of us know, but I'm interested. It's Tiger and it's Rory and some big names playing in this sort of sort of virtual golf world. I'm sort of interested to see what it looks like. And maybe the most important thing about that, Tiger Woods doesn't have to walk a golf course. Right. So it keeps Tiger Woods visible right. in the sport of golf long past the point where his leg just won't allow him to walk. Here's what I want to see. And I've always wanted to see this because I read his book when he got really crazy and went and trained with the SEALs. Oh, yeah. And that's how he jacked his back up in the first place. That's right. Um, and then he was lifting real heavy. Yep. Because he wanted to impress his dad because his dad was a Green Beret and that, that whole deal. I want to see just like the NFL combine. I want to see him <laughs> run a 40. And Tiger didn't have to. He's exempt. Okay. But I want to see how many times they can bench 225. Just now, any old golfer? Yeah. So there's like two that could probably do it. <laughs> yeah. Bryson. Uh, I don't know if, we, if we're even calling them tour players anymore. Right. Bryson and Kepka. Live guys. Right. Well, they're invited to come. Okay. Because I, w I want to see him try to push reps with two wheels aside. I really and then I want Tiger to come, and at the very end, like my boy Dolnig used to do uh -huh. at Heights, Javier Luna would work out all summer and just be like, I got him this year. I got Dolnig this year. And he'd pump out. I think he pumped out like 16. And meanwhile, there are guys on the teams. That did, 16 reps of 225? In wow. high school. That's beefy. Which is legit. Yeah. Um, and then, like, there were starting players that couldn't do it one or two times. But then Dolnik would come in at the very end and say, okay, how many did Luna do? 16, 17. Okay, he'd get down, no spot, crank out, get to 16, 17. He'd yawn, he'd look over at Harvey, wink <laughs> at him, do one more and rack it. <laughs> and this was a receiver. And to this day... I had no idea Dolnik had super strength like that. Super strength. Wow. TikTok strength. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Promise oh we're going to come oh. back to golf. Oh, boy. What is it called? Jalapeno, jalapeno Oreos in the butt crack? So somebody, somebody update me on this because I'm not exactly sure. First of all, Jeff, it's all alleged. Okay. I guess the American Pie 
was a very successful movie in the uh, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And from one of the movies, they made a bunch of them. The first one, obviously, is the best. That's how it goes. But there, there was hazing where they, they take a, uh, a Oreo and put it in hot sauce. And then said Oreo is placed in between uh, butt cheeks. And then there's a race. <laughs> and this allegedly happened? A- allegedly. <laughs> I feel like punishment of crushed up Oreos in your butt cheeks is, is plenty enough. Like, that's scratchy. But then you cover it in, like, Tabasco? That's a whole new level. Well, again, it, it's flattery through imitation. <laughs> it's cruel. It was, seen, it was seen on a movie. So. It's pretty awesome. Would it That's have been okay if it had just been the crumbled up Oreos? I'm going to say and yes. No, and no, and no, yes. And no salsa. Right. I mean, no picante. They would have used Clint's salsa. It wouldn't have hurt <laughs> at all because that <laughs> shit nice. is so mild and crappy. <laughs> Shout out. Sorry, to Clint. Clint's picante. Yeah. Anytime somebody says butt cheeks, you're... <laughs> That's when it's over the line. Yeah. <laughs> and all high schools got away with this stuff. In 1978. Yeah, but 1978, you could drink when you were 18. Exactly. I mean, boy, that, I was only three. It would have been pretty sweet to be a senior in 78. Well, you've heard the stories, right? I mean, liquid lunch, like starting freshman year. I mean, it, I'm just saying the world has kind of grown up, guys. I don't think you can get away with you can't get away with spicy anything. Oreos and butt cheeks anymore. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, so our last episode... We wound up having to talk rock and roll, right? Because I went to the Motley Crue show, with, and, and it was a total mess, and we couldn't get vodka. Well, I got be- home, and I told my wife about it, and she listened to the episode, and she was like, you totally screwed up, Jeff. You forgot the two funniest stories of the night. And I, I'm sorry that I did that on our last episode, so let me fill you in on the two funniest stories of the night. All right. The first one is me making fun of myself. So we got a little tanked. Not a lot, but a little. Did because you, remember, remember, it took did you an wear hour leggings get, again? No, I didn't wear leggings this time. Probably I have thing. before. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> you what, out. Bob? Me and spandex. I'm yeah. The visual image, I can't. It wasn't a big deal in my head. Do you remember David Lee Roth's Yankee Rose? I do. Yeah, black it, and yellow. It, he oh, looked like no. It, please, please stop. It was fine because he looked like a Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> there were no knobs. <laughs> It was just smooth. Tucked under. Yeah, that's called the Tijuana tuck and roll. Oh. <laughs> it's not sanctioned in South Texas. Okay, so even though it took an hour to get a drink, my wife and I still got pretty tanked. And we go back to the Hotel Valencia, and we're hanging out with a bunch of people at the bar, and we're trying to order food via anything, grub up, whatever. And I go outside for a smoke, and I walk... You should probably I'm, quit smoking, by the way. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. I go out onto the balcony... <laughs> have my smoke, and I'm walking back in, and for the first time in my life, I walk nose first right into a wall of glass. Oh, like a bird. Just like a bird. And I hit the wall with my palms, my knee, but my nose first in front of about 50 people in the bar. Please tell me there's a picture. The loudest noise you've ever heard in your life. My wife... Falls out of the stool laughing. Right. There's a big smudge <laughs> that we went back and saw the next morning down the glass. And there's an architect. This is the following morning. There's an architect sitting there having coffee. And he's like, are you looking at that smudge on the glass? I said, yeah. 
He goes, was that you? I said, it was. He goes, you know what? I've been here a hundred times and I've been waiting for somebody to walk into that glass. That is terrible architecture right there. Okay, so, so it wasn't my fault. So that was my question. Like, how'd you know he was an architect? He wore a hat that said architect. He sat there and like outlined architecturally how wrong it was to uh. us the following morning. And by the way, we were so hungover, we didn't want to hear it. He was a hell of a nice guy. But there was, I swear to God, an imprint of my smudged face on the glass. So when I was younger, much younger, living in Hawaii, I was living with a guy. He did the same thing. Walked into our plate glass window, didn't break anything on the window. He led with his toe, broke his big toe so bad he had to go and have surgery oh, God. to pin it together. Can we can we do something about these two clean windows? Yeah, too clean. You just you just don't wash it. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Right. That All right. Hurts. Funny story number two from the concert. So Motley Crue's up there. Tommy Lee goes on this long story about he's been he, how he's been on a two week bender because they've been off taking a break from the tour for two weeks and he's gotten wasted the whole time. He's like, man, I've just been you know on a bender, dude, and I sent out some dick pics. Sorry about that, everybody. You know, I'm usually a booby guy, so I love me some titties, but tonight it's going to be equal opportunity. Oh no! Oh no! Guys, whip out your junk right now. So, of course, I'm joking, and I, you know, undo my belt. My wife's like, absolutely not. And he points down off stage to this dude, big, tall, white guy, in a pink shirt. Mm. And he's like, you, in the pink polo shirt. Pull it out, dude. I want to see it. And his wife is a friend of mine Uh named Michelle. And she's like, "Uh uh-uh, honey. Don't you dare do it. So she tells him no. He looks back at Tommy Lee and he's like, man, I'm sorry. The wife says no. And Tommy Lee goes, wife says no, divorce. (laughs) (laughs) So we're out in the hallway after the show and I see this old friend of mine, Michelle. And she's like, do you realize that that was me and my husband up there? He want Tommy Lee wanted to see my husband's dick. I was like, no, I did not know that was you. Now, guys, it's been picked up by like 500 news outlets. <laughs> so is he famous now? Well, yeah, but he didn't get to show his junk. Well, then that's almost, he's famous for restraint. <laughs> famous for restraint. That's what Michelle said. She said, this is going to be a great lesson for me to teach my kids on restraint. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Your dad's a lot of things. <laughs> Moral of the story, his dick was too small. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's probably true. If it were just a wang, he would have thrown that thing out fast. Was he a tall, skinny guy? He's a pretty tall, be- beefy guy. Beefy. See, yeah. that's the deal. Yeah. If he's beefy, keep it in your pants. <laughs> if the skinny guy, watch out. Because it could get weird. Perspective. Yeah, it could yeah. get weird. <laughs> wow. So coming back into these PGA proposals, one of the things that's interesting is now, I don't think this is a PGA requirement. I just think it's the top players. I think this is coming out of the Tiger meeting, that they're committing to playing at least 20 events starting at, starting next season. That's right. How many events do they have to play now? I'm not sure what the minimum required is, but these 20 are going to be essentially a gathering of the top 50 names, right? Okay. Like, 
those guys are going to those guys are going to be guaranteed in those fields, which means you're guaranteed those names to sell to advertisers, to sell to sponsors, to sell your tickets. To make the difference. Right? And it's going to be many of your obvious choices, you know, Los Angeles, uh, the Galaxy. Uh, sorry, the Genesis, not the Galaxy. Um, you know, big events in big places. But there are four slots that I'm hoping the PGA Tour will rotate between, you know, not necessarily your marquee uh, cities like San Antonio, maybe Fort Worth, maybe the John Deere, maybe once every four or five years, we're going to get one of those guaranteed great fields in our town. And, I mean, that would just be a boon. Yeah. So let's say you're one of the, the top 50 golfers. Can you pick and choose what you want to play? Absolutely. Yes. But but you have a minimum. Okay. And currently it's 15. In order to maintain your card, you have to play in 15. And I think it's 210 or something in the rankings to maintain your fully exempt status. Okay. Rory's comments were interesting. And this goes a little bit to the whole idea of tanking in the NBA. Right. That fans don't want to go to the stands and watch a Lakers game and watch LeBron in a suit. They want to see him on the court. Yeah. So you better get used to that. <laughs> yeah. When I mean, Rory says, when I tune into a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, I expect to see Tom Brady throw a football. When I tune into a Formula One race, I expect to see Lewis Hamilton in a car. That's the sport with the little cars and the open wheel. I that know. You I've heard like. about it. Yeah. Sounds great. So, I mean, he's right. No, it is true because Lewis Hamilton doesn't skip races in F1, right? No. He, he's there for every single one. And the NBA has a problem with that right now, where LeBron doesn't show up for some games. Well, talking coach, about you, Kawhi Leonard, our, our coach started that. Yeah, we 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 do have to own that here in San Antonio. He absolutely one hundred percent started that. But like, I kind of give guys a break on playing back to backs when you're older in your career, right? Yeah, I can I can get that. But when you're essentially taking the regular season off the way Kawhi Leonard has for the last four years, that's crap, well, okay? It, it, it's not just Kawhi. It's not just him. It's uh, everybody else, too. Well, and then I, I read something where Kyrie said that, that back-to-back games are, are they're horrible. It's, it's, it should be a criminal offense. <laughs> I'm like, and Kyrie thinks around Earth is a criminal offense. Yeah. That's also true. Speaking of the NBA, did you all see the big news uh, about one of the big rookies coming into this year? I mean... For me, one of the most exciting things about this upcoming NBA season was Chet Holmgren. Not anymore. Busted his foot. He's Uh, done for the year. Oh, my goodness. And that was the problem. We all said, hey, man, I would draft Chet number one overall if you could guarantee me health. Right. His nickname is Peanut Brittle. (laughs) Yeah. And let's face it, Richard, like tall, extra tall white guys at center do not run a great career uh, they don't have a great track record of getting through their careers without injuries. Sean Bradley. Oh, my God. The list is miles long. So if Chet was at the concert and Tommy Lee's like, Chet! <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? Chet whips it out. You think so? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, do you not remember Rick Smith's? Yes, Mitty. I mean, he had... Foot problems his whole freaking career. And when he was healthy, he was good. Sadruna well, Sogalskis. It's Keith it's, Van Horn. If you've got a size 18. Yes, it's going to break. And, and it's just gravity. You yeah, because you're seven foot four. 
And you've got to have those meat hooks anchor you down. Yes. Guys that are over seven foot tall have a really bad track record with foot problems Yow. in the NBA. Yeah. Yao was another one. Uh, Bill Walton was the, maybe the best example that I can think of. It's he's just really hard to be over seven feet tall. It's really weird. Like 6'10", six, 6'11", six, they don't usually seem to have these problems. But you get excessively over seven feet tall, and you wind up having these foot problems. And here it jumps up and bites him before he's even played one game in the NBA. And Chet Holmgren looked damn good in the summer league, too. Yeah. If, if Chet Holmgren were running distance marathons, it would happen the same way. It's a lot of steps to take from a really high elevation to very, you know, awkward platforms. I'm not a doctor, but that's the best explanation I've got. You're no pati- pati- podiatrist. That's but, right. Podiatrist. <laughs> What'd you call me? Speaking of injuries, the Cowboys are fucked. <sighs> no, Cowboys fans are in Nirvana now. Now they have an excuse for their mediocrity. <laughs> Man, you're such a hater. It's unreal. You guys are. You're, you're a closet hater too. I'm not a total closet yourself. hater. I'm. I'm sort of out front with my hatred uh, of Jerry Jones and and bandwagon Cowboys fans. But it doesn't mean I hate the Cowboys. I I I do not loathe the Cowboys. Jerry Jones, yes. Uh, bandwagon Cowboys fans. Yes, but I love watching the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, and having not having Tyron Smith is a—it's just a beating. It's, it's just an absolute beating. Their record without him is awful. Their sack percentage and their yards per attempt is like a yard less with yes. him off the field. Yards per rush goes way down. It's just—it's an—it just—it's an atrocity. Well, that eighteen million dollars that Jerry had in his pocket that was burning a hole is going to get spent real quick. Um, I just don't know who they're going to get. Uh, I'm not sure who's out there. Eric, and there's nobody. Eric Fisher. I don't know. But there's a reason he's unemployed, yeah. usually. Yeah, and nobody replaces Tyron Smith. No. He's just too good to he, be replaced. It's pretty pretty not that cool. They're, the The guy that they drafted, the other Smith, yeah. out of Tulsa, who was taking reps at guard with Conor McGregor. Not McGregor. Not he, Conor McGregor. McGovern. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to start him at left tackle, and then Connor's gonna have to start rookie left tackle. How did the how do those teams usually do in the NFL? Not generally really promising. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Dak's gonna be rolling out to the right side really <laughs> yeah. fast yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been bad for the Cowboys. Gallup is gonna be out for the first three or four games in the wide receiver core. He's gonna come back a little before that. Is he? Yeah. You're convinced of this? Well, uh, I, I do my homework on that. Okay. Yeah. Um, every morning, Cowboys.com. I think he'll be back second, third game. What happened to him? Did he get some Oreos with picante sauce on him? No. Oreos just asking. with picante sauce. I'm just asking. All right. Well, thanks for listening. That's today's show. Like and subscribe. Find us on all the places that you can find any of your normal quality podcasts. and uh, As well as check us out at unrestricted.show. You can check us out on the web. Thanks for uh, listening, and until next time, don't let your meatloaf. How y'all feel out there? Do you feel good? I said, do you feel good? Come on. The groove feel good when it make you move. Make your next move your best move.